1: This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Earn a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University and help protect your company from cyber threats by performing vulnerability assessments and threat hunting to catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. If there were a world record award to give for World's Greatest Delay of Game, it would definitely go to 2020. But even though MLB had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com sbmlb. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com SBMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th.
0: I need you to not say we're going to do a potty. Like I heard that. I heard you telling your wife or your we're child. we to do a potty. <laughs> and you were like, we're going to pod. And I was like, "Oh, okay, he's telling us that. And then you're like, we're going to do a potty. It's like, I'm still like, my daughter's pretty much potty trained, but we still call it potty. So to say you're going to go do a potty is very different connotations right now.
2: P-O-D-D-Y.
0: Yeah, as opposed to P-O-T-T-Y. <laughs> what can um, I tell
2: you? What can I tell you?
0: You have your glasses. You have your Franchi shirt. You have your behind the smoke mug. Is there beer in there?
2: No, it's coffee.
0: What are you all beard out? Cause you spent the spent the week up on the mountain?
2: I am not beard out. Um I am I'm pre-beer. I'm in a there's gonna be a beer later, so I didn't wanna and, and I was a little sleepy, so I didn't want to have a beer right now.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um I would like to hear some of your stories about being up on a mountain, and then I need to tell you a story that I meant to tell you like a month ago and completely forgot and have been meaning to tell you ever since. Cause I think you'll just enjoy it.
2: I can't wait. So mine isn't that exciting. I mean, it was wonderful though. Uh, the family went up to Pal- the top of Palomar mountain, uh, for a week or so for a, at least a, a working week. And we rented a cabin, you know, Airbnb, uh, basically in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I think we saw in the area, like maybe two or three people over five days, other than the guy who was uh, helping caretake the property. And it, I mean, man, that's exactly what we needed. We needed to get away. We needed to get off screens. We needed to have everyone talking to each other instead of I'm on my laptop, he's on my iPad and wife's on her phone, you know. And it was it was just great, clean air, being up in elevation. i'm I'm extremely happy,
0: so this is not the story. But uh, in a couple weeks, um, uh, me and my wife and daughter are planning on doing the same thing, except instead of going up on a mountain, we are renting a little house uh, in Malibu that is like on the beach, like oh, nice. your your porch, apparently at night, like the water comes up underneath your porch. like so, It'll be nice to just live in a different house for a few days, um, and survive. By the way, I like the, the 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 beard look. Your goatee's getting real long and kind of kind of like trashy, but it, it works. And then like in your in your pictures, uh, especially when you like go out on your walk and you take pictures where you're not wearing any sleeves, like you're so dark that you like you look like you're not exactly Caucasian anymore. Um, <laughs> and like the shaved head makes you you look very young, Craig. You look young and virile. Yes. And I just I want to compliment you on that.
2: Well, I um, feel I feel young. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So here's the story I, I meant to tell you a month ago and didn't. Um so as you are probably aware, uh, I've I've taken this coronavirus as a time to try and uh, better my health, right? Yes. As as of today, I'm down exactly 15 pounds since. Congratulations. The start That's wonderful. And and for the most part, all I was doing uh, was running. I was running a lot. I was running almost every day, and and um, trying to run for distance and improving my speed and all of that. I texted Woods the story after it happened, and you'll see why in a minute. So about a month ago, I'm going for a run. I'm you know three quarters of the way through my run. I'm I'm g- getting to the home stretch, and uh, I'm running p- past this this business that's that's still open. And there's an old man standing in front of the business, leaning up against an old pickup truck. And I go to run around him, and he jumps in front of me, he puts his hands out, and, I'm, and I, I and I have headphones in, right? So I like I pop out the headphone, I'm like, "Can I help you?" And he goes, "Let me ask you a question. Do you like having low tea?" And I was like, "Hold on. Am I in the middle of a live read? <laughs> yeah. What is going on?" And so so I just I was like, "No, sir. Not interested." And he's like, "No, no, no." Let me tell you something. Running is one of the worst things a man can do. And I was like, what? And he's like, it lowers your testosterone. Uh, For women, women can run all day. It does nothing to them. But for men, you have to stop running, man. Get on a bike or something. He's like, you're just going to lower your testosterone. It's going to ruin your mental health, your physical health. You got to stop running. And I'm like, okay. And this guy has to be... 70 but like and he's in like good shape like he's he's not like a frail 70 he's got like muscles right like he's not jacked but he's like he's got muscles and he's like he's like you want some advice he's like go home on your phone there's an app the app is called six pack in 30 days because all you need is a yoga mat and you do the app and he's like i've been doing it for for about 35 days now and i'm i used to have a beer belly and now i'm in great shape and i don't know what the hell my parents did to me when I was a kid. But for some reason, if I get advice from strangers, specifically elderly strangers, like I have to take it. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's as if I encountered Gandalf and like, I can't possibly say no. And like, it drives my wife nuts because she'll recommend something. And i will be like, no, it's a terrible idea. And then an old random, like homeless woman will recommend the same thing to me. And I'll be like, oh my God, I have to do it now that old, random homeless woman told me I have to so in addition to the running I'm now doing the six pack in 30 days that the old man in front of the store told me about um, and it's helping tremendously Uh, now this is like a live read of sorts Um, but what's funny (laughs) is um, I'm pretty sure the guy owns the place and I run past it all the time and now like he'll see me and we just like wave at each other and I feel bad because I'm still running past yes. this thing after right. he was like, don't run, get on a bike or something, stop running and get this app. Um. Anyway, so if you ever want to just like fool me into ruining my life, just have like a really old random person come to me and suggest something and I can't apparently say no, like... It's amazing. It's like my parents were trying to train me to like go off with the man who was offering me candy in the old van. Like they just wanted me gone. They trained me to do the exact wrong thing.
2: And that leads us to the announcement. Our next MTPGA guest will be Nick (laughs) Canapa. Make the Padres great again. Yes. This is it, man. We're almost here. It appears that Major League Baseball is not going to implode before new opening day. It looks like we may have a season. It looks like Buster Olney's 5% may just come home to roost. Craig Elston, John Gennaro, here to talk about all things Padres. Uh, exactly one week, John, before the Padres will take the field for their uh, first game of the season.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I want to I say, like, I I'm I know like the reasoning for not telling fans like oh this player has coronavirus is like it's technically a HIPAA violation or something. But I feel like there's probably like dozens and dozens of players that have tested positive that like we just haven't learned about because they're like no media is allowed in this part and like and oh this guy just has a family emergency. Like there's 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 a lot of um smoke and mirrors going on to to get to that five percent. And so, like, I still don't feel great about it, but I don't know. Baseball sounds fun.
2: Baseball. Uh, we we can now, I think, safely do this podcast for the first time since, like, whenever the time was before March, where we're going to actually believe that we're about to talk about a season. So uh, let's start with COVID updates because Tommy Pham is back. Uh, Tommy Pham who was the winner to our last podcast question of who will be the first Padre to contract coronavirus uh, was mostly asymptomatic. I contracted it clearly a couple weeks before they did the intake testing because he was ready to be cleared like two, three days ago. And I have since seen him Homer and double in an inter-squad game uh, that was webcast. So Tommy Pham is back And the player that the Padres traded for, Jorge Mateo, uh, is COVID positive. He's out. And if he's not here by opening day, there's a very good chance, because he's out of uh, waivers, that Jorge Mateo may be the Padre who never was.
0: Which would be interesting. Um, I still can't, like, I can't hear Tommy Pham had coronavirus without thinking about the fact that, like, the team just let him go out and like sign autographs for fans and stuff when he still wasn't cleared to play. Um, they're, they're obviously every, every I'm, I'm trying not to be too negative about it, but like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm definitely, I've been rooting for Tommy fam at hell since before he was a Padre. And I really want him to be successful and I want him to be successful in the Padres and I want the whole thing to work. Um I haven't really watched any of the webcast games. Cause I don't know that you can learn a lot from them. Um but I yeah, it's the the whole the, the, the specter of, of coronavirus has still not been shaken off for me when it comes to the baseball season.
2: Eh, you know, yes, I, I guess having watched you're, now,
0: you're, you're moving along like you you seem like you're you're getting more and more excited for like hey, there's actual sports, and I'm still just like, hey, this is still really bad, which is funny because it's it's more my job than yours that it's going to affect.
2: True. I mean, I guess seeing Premier League soccer playing, watching the MLS's back tournament, uh, which I caught a couple games of. Well, I certainly caught the LAFC match while we were up the mountain. Uh, It shows you, you know, seeing how the NBA is coming back. I've been doing a lot of reading about what's going on inside the bubble with the NBA. These leagues are trying to do the best job they can. And, I agree with that. And if MLB is derailed, I believe MLB will be derailed by the travel part of the season. It'll be once you start migrating market to market. That's where, to me, you've got a much greater chance that, uh-oh, you know, like we talked about on previous podcasts, the left side of the infield just tested positive, or this half of the locker room just got contact traced and we have to you know, quarantine them all. Uh, That type of thing is still a very real possibility. I'm almost thinking it's a certainty for someone. We just don't know who yet, but they're trying the best they can. And as such, we're gonna get to the point where this thing opens. And if it opens, I do believe, John, they're gonna find a way to finish it. Uh,
0: I I just, that's... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: People want closure. People want to finish. And I feel like we've become a country, given that we have absolutely no guidance anywhere other than in our great state, the golden state of California, that we're just hacking. We've got machetes. We're hacking through the jungle, you know? So I feel like MLB is going to hack their way through the jungle to the clearing on the other side, one way or another, even if a couple teams have to drop out.
0: Fair enough. Um, So to go back to your point, jorge mateo might be the padre that never was which would put him in company with brian dozier who's now the padre who never was true um and i guess you know there's there's probably going to be one or two other people that are going to be in this training camp or whatever this thing summer camp that end up not actually making the team um that can join them uh I wasn't particularly excited about Jorge Mateo. Um, I'm also not particularly excited about like even jerks and profar who I've seen have like actual good experience at the major league level. Um, AJ Preller seems so obsessed with tools that he's willing to take a player who showed some loud tools a couple of years ago, but hasn't shown anything since and go like, we'll give him a shot. Maybe he's got it in his back pocket somewhere. Um, I wasn't that hopeful for Mateo. But I did want to see what he had, uh, and now we probably won't, which is a bummer. But I didn't think that he was, like, the key to the 2020 World Series championship.
2: No, but he is um, outfield depth. And as we have learned, my friend, the Padres are continuing to shift their outfield which leads us to, I I guess, the main reason why I scrambled down the mountain for our Make the Padres Great Again uh, today, which is – and it's a a two-part thing, right? Jose Castillo, the pitcher who the Padres spent a whole year hoping would be back and saying, well, just wait till Jose Castillo gets back. Jose Castillo is hurt again uh, and is probably out for the season, uh, if not out for the first 40 games or whatever, which is most of the season – And as such, the Padres made a trade on Thursday, which I think, just based on your previous comment, John, you might agree, is an anti-Preller trade because they traded Loud Tools' Franchi Cordero and Live Arm' Ronald Bolaños to Kansas City in exchange for a submarining, soft-tossing, left-handed you know, lefty get one guy out reliever named Tim Hill, who undoubtedly is going to fill that role for the Padres. The uh, Joe Thatcher role uh, will become Tim Hill for the Padres in 2020.
0: Yes. Uh, So two things to point out here is my initial reaction to this trade. Um, Number one, they traded for a lefty get one out guy. uh, When MLB rules now state that you have to face three batters. Correct. (laughs) Um, And two, and I made this point on Twitter, um, in trading away Franchi, uh, they gave up on a guy that was here before AJ Preller was brought in by uh, a prior administration. Um, You see that a lot of times GMs don't necessarily value the players that were there already as much as they value the players that got brought in because if Franchi turned into like a superstar, Preller doesn't get the credit for that, right? He doesn't get the credit for finding him. Um, but if but they they traded him, uh, and and AJ Casavell made this point. I think Kevin Acey made this point. They traded him because of how much they seem to believe in Edward Oliveras, right. uh, who who is someone that AJ Preller brought in. So some of this is just belief in your own guys over the other guys. Some of this is wanting some of the glory. If this outfielder works, whether that person is Franchi or Olivares. Um And some of it is just, you know, perceived need of like, Hey, we really need a lefty. Who's not drew Pomerantz is. Um, uh, what's the name of the guy they got from Tampa Pagan? Emilio, yeah, Pagan. Emilio Pagan. Yeah. He's, he's not a lefty. Is he? No, he's a
2: right-hander. They've so
0: got, yeah, they've got Pomerantz and Strom and now Hill. That's grand Strom and Hill. So this is for the the Padres of recent note, let's it's actually a lot of lefties in the bullpen. Um, yeah, I don't get it, uh, except I think they probably were thinking there's really no reason for Franchi to be here if he's not going to make the roster. And for some reason, they didn't think he was going to make the roster. That's my guess. Um A quick side note as to, like, why I'm not really making a point to, like, watch the webcast or take this summer camp seriously. Um, And this this is kind of like a mini version of when you give your thing about, like, oh, spring training doesn't actually matter, and so who cares? Sure. Um, I saw a thing. I want to say it was was AJ Cassville, but someone wrote that Francisco Mejia was so bad in Peoria that there was a chance that he wasn't going to make the major league roster to start the season, but he's, but he's been so good in this summer camp that he is now undoubtedly like played his way into the starting lineup uh, as, you know, at least a part-time DH and he's probably pushing on hedges to take that starting catcher job, even though there is a DH because both his offense and defense have shown such drastic improvement. And it's like, do we really think that like, He, his whole everything about Francisco Mejia and and the the process into the the actual performance changed over the last three and a half months of him sitting in his house doing nothing. Like, it's just luck. It's just dumb luck. It's just a small sample size. Like, you don't say, this guy doesn't make the roster because he had a bad spring. And you don't say, this guy kicks Austin Hedges out of the starting lineup because all of a sudden he's playing well. Like, it's just such a small sample size filled with so much dumb luck. And now they're playing at Peko Park against each other in, like, games where people are playing on both teams. Like, there's just more dumb <laughs> things to happen. I don't understand any sort of player evaluation right now. Just, like, I never really understood any sort of player evaluation. in spring training.
2: Well, I mean, it's a great point. I think what you were talking about at the beginning is reinforced by your comment at the end, which is that what we're really getting are Preller's evaluations, you know, and, and they're being dressed up however you like so that they can be consumed by AC and Cassavel and Lynn and then, you know, regurgitated back to the audience. But this just comes down to whatever they're talking about in the coaches room and whatever they're talking about, you know, when they crack beers at once the day is over down there. And clearly you're right. Oliveras took a huge step up and they started talking to each other about like, Hey, look, we, we can't leave camp and send Oliveras down to, you know, whether it's USD Fowler Field or whether it's uh, Lake Elsinore and the diamond, you know, we, we can't leave him down there. We got to bring him with us. Okay. Well now what are we going to do? The point that Franchi was not an AJ player, I think is, is critical, critical to the fact that AJ is willing to give up on him. Um, With that said, (sighs) I'm of, I'm, I'm of a couple of minds. I got a couple of points to make on this, John. The first is the generic one, right? Generically, the Padres lose this trade because they're giving up both an outfielder who could be maybe a full-time player for the Royals and a pitcher who could maybe be a starter for the Royals in exchange for a pitcher who undoubtedly will throw no more than 20 innings for the Padres this year. Probably... Somewhere between 10 and 15 innings is the amount that Tim Hill, lefty submariner soft tosser, is going to pitch for the Padres this year. So, from a wins above replacement standpoint, the Padres are going to lose this trade, like no matter what. You know, because Tim Hill will put up 0.1 war or, or something. And if Franchi does anything, you know, the Royals will win this trade. The way the Padres win the trade, is by winning, having a good year, and having Tim Hill strike out Cody Bellinger with the bases loaded in a big game at the end of the season that helps the Padres make the playoffs, or or Freddie Freeman, or, well, they won't face Freddie Freeman, whoever. You know, just name any lefty batter that Tim Hill could get out And that's how you wind up this trade being successful for the Padres. It's like when Joe Thatcher was pitching in 07, you know, oh, like that big double play, Joe Thatcher, you know, uh, came out of the bullpen and dialed up. That's how the Padres win it. And or by Franchi Cordero just doing what he's done the last five years, which is tantalize in between injuries. I mean, if you had said to me two years ago, or a year ago, hey, the Padres are going to be able to trade Franchi Cordero in between his next two injuries. I'd say, great, because you're going to trade him in the one spot you can. He's going to go over there. And two weeks from now, his elbow's going to hurt. And that'll be it for Franchi until 2021.
1: If there were a world record for world's greatest delay of game, it would definitely go to 2020. But here's the thing. Even if your MLB team got to take a break, your business didn't and hiring has to keep moving, even when the game stops. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because it connects you to the best candidates fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you payment flexibility and full control over your hiring, so you only pay for what you need. Plus, you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Indeed also gives you powerful tools to make your search easier, like sponsored job posts, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 73% of online job seekers visit Indeed each month. Maybe that's why over three million companies have trusted Indeed to help bring on the important hires that keep your business moving. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com sbmlb. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com/slash SBMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The protests against police violence in America have become one of the largest movements in American history with the help of access to cameras, social media, and internet organizing. Three. But when images of police violence go viral, they affect everyone. From the people who record them...
0: I was confused, but I was
1: enraged at the same time. So I had to use my mind, take a step back, and keep using the camera that I used to the people who watch them in their news feeds. And we're getting our first look at police body cam video showing the tasing and arrest. Of- the Verge's new multimedia project, Capturing the Police, explores this national reckoning by talking to the people on the front lines.
0: This incident really changed how our community really does things because everybody really took a part in taking a movement and making it into something else.
1: You can view the entirety of Capturing the Police, the videos, the reports, the guides, the interviews, at TheVerge.com.
0: Yeah. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus, the, the name your price, price tool, only
2: from progressive.
0: The hour and a of the comatose coxwain. progressive
2: casualty insurance car. company in the affiliate's price and coverage match limited by
0: state law. Yeah, the other like the, the other positive viewpoint on this, and I haven't checked Marver's Twitter, but I, I bet he's making this point because he was kind of starting to make this point, um, even back when they traded, um, uh, who was the big.
2: And live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Fran Mel, thank you. Um, In that, like, this is not the type of trade that the Padres normally make, right? They traded a young player filled with talent and potential to get, like, a pretty solid third left-handed reliever. But that is exactly the type of trade that teams that are ready to win make like they think they have a better fifth or sixth outfielder in Edward Olivares than they do in Franchi. And they were going, they were a little worried about like, well, if Strom gets hurt, we really don't have a lefty in the bullpen before the eighth inning. So what are we going to do? And there's no lefties that we try and Castillo's g- gone. And there's no lefties we trust that are going to play at You know, Elsinore or whatever. Th- like, like, I, I I struggle to, to say, like, this is the final piece type of move. But, like, this is exactly the type of move that you would see, like, the St. Louis Cardinals or the L.A. Dodgers or the Tampa Bay Rays make where it's like, yes, we still believe that that guy has potential and promise, but we need something this year if we're actually going to contend and win the games that we want to win And so we're going to trade away this promise for what we need, even though what we need is, has a, a, it's higher floor, lower ceiling, that type of thing. Like they traded away the higher ceiling to get the higher floor. Um, And like, these are the types of trades that winning ball clubs make, not when they're building, but when they're ready to win. And so like, to me, this is the type of trade that like Padre fans are not used to. Correct. They're like, because they're like, wait a minute. In terms of value, the Padres lost this one, and that's what you were saying. Like, there is no way two years from now we're going to look back and go like, oh, the Padres definitely won that Tim Hill trade. Um, but it's Tim Hill could be a really valuable piece in the bullpen, not only this season but in the playoffs for the Padres. Uh, whereas Franchi probably wasn't going to be, or probably was going to take another two years to turn into something. It was, it's, it's a, it's interesting to see this kind of trade happen from this kind of club. Cause I can't really remember the last time they did it, except for like maybe like the, I don't know, Ryan Ludwig trade, which turned
2: out horribly. Um, But right. One of my least favorite trades of all time. Corey Kluber, miss you badly. But, uh,
0: well, no, and this I, this could totally like Franchi could turn into a sure. superstar player, an MVP candidate two years from now. And we're going like, who the hell was Tim Hill? He gave us a good month of, you know, being the seventh guy out of the bullpen. Um, it could absolutely turn out that way. But like these are the types of trades that you make when you've reached that level where you're not necessarily trying to win the trade anymore. You're just trying to like fill the holes that you perceive are going to be on your team.
2: Yeah. Now you brought up a, an excellent point about Tim Hill which is that the three batter initiative, uh, the new rule for relievers, is essentially an anti-Tim Hill rule. You know, it's it's against the Joe Thatcher, Mike Myers class of, of lookies, of lefty one-out guys. And the one good news, I think, for the Padres in that respect is that when you do look around the division, this is a division that has some stacked lefties in it. And in particular the Dodgers, but you can look at the other clubs as well and see spots where almost for sure Hill will face two out of three lefties, you know, in, in the time that he comes into the game. I'll tell you what else, Tim Hill walks some lefties. I'm a little bit concerned about that Tim Hill leadoff walk to to Bellinger you know uh, because i noticed that he, he like only has about a 181 average against lefties but it was like a 280 on base percentage and as soon as i saw that i was like hang on he walks some guys
0: yeah his um <clears throat> his numbers versus righties are last year uh were bad um his his so as you said he he walks so let's see. Uh is this gonna give me a bats? It's not gonna give me a bats. It doesn't matter. 186 average, 262 on base percentage versus lefties. Against righties, 238 average, 326 on base percentage. So still walking quite a bit. Um, but the more concerning thing is like the types of hits he gives up to righties are big. Uh slugging percentage the difference versus lefties 203 to righties 429 is 226 points um difference in ops 465 versus lefties that's pretty good 755 versus righties that's pretty bad um and now you really don't have any there's there's no situation you can bring him in in which the opposing manager can't just be like all right screw it the next three batters are all right-handed go right um so he very much could end up being a, a hindrance to them unless they feel like um you know th- this is one of those situations where like if they still had Darren Balsley I'd be like, oh Balsley, see something. Balsley knows how to turn him into the type of guy that can go from a lefty specialist to like can get outs from lefties and righties. Um but I don't know we'll see. But they they need to they need him to be able to uh not give up like big hits and a lot of walks to to right-handers and left-handers um, to contribute in any way. But as of right now, he's probably, what, the last guy out of the pen before Jake Cronenworth?
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. he's like I said, I, I, I would be shocked if he got 20 innings. I think he'll get 15 innings for the Padres this year. The only reason he has a chance to get 15 innings is literally because of that three-batter rule because he was a guy who would come in and either give you zero or 0.1 in in his previous role, right? He'd either walk that lefty or he'd get him out. And then he'd he'd be yanked out of the game when the big bad righty came up. So, uh, you know, you nailed it. This is a winning club around the margins, massaging the roster, looking for one big out in one big game down the road type deal. The reason I feel... Moderately confident that this is not going to be a trade that comes back to, to blow up in the Padres' face. Moderately confident is because the franchise has never stayed healthy. And maybe the Padres are trading Franchi Cordero at the exact wrong time, which is right before his breakout. You know, maybe this will be like Jorge Soler, who in Kansas City got the chance to finally play after being, you know, behind five outfielders with the Cubs, and you wind up now with a situation where he breaks out and he, you know, Solaire hit like 40 homers last year. Maybe Franchi breaks out and hits, you know, 15 homers in a 60-game season. But that that's the type of bet that the Royals are in position to make, whereas the Padres consider themselves to be in a different spot. And quite frankly, if Oliveras is turning out to be, he can play all three positions. He's fast as hell. He's got a great glove. He's got some pop. You know, I watched it. Like I said, I watched him homer in an inter squad game. Obviously, that's extremely important. So, uh, maybe this is good. This is all good for the Padres. Is this good?
0: It, hmm. All right. Let's. Let me go back the other direction. And ask you a question. So they lose Castillo and they immediately go like, all right, we need someone to replace Castillo in our bullpen. We need another lefty. Um, That sounds a little bit like they're afraid to either put Gore in a major league game or pitch Gore out of the bullpen. Um, Because you would think that they would just go like, screw it, Gore's got that spot. We're going to let Gore come in, pitch... He's gonna take the 15 to 20 innings. And if if we absolutely need to, you know, stretch him out and put him in a starter's role later, we will. Um, but they were like, oh, we need another lefty to fill this role, so let's trade Franchi and go get a guy who can't get righties out. Like that to me spells don't don't get don't get cocky about seeing Gore this year, or at the very least, don't expect him to come out of the pen. If he's going to be pitching, it's going to be as a starter, and you're probably going to need some injuries to get there.
2: I think you're right. Uh, This is what we talked about last time, wasn't it, where we said there's a way that the Padres could use this group of pitchers in a way that would be extremely aggressive, extremely dynamic, and potentially quite exciting. And I do believe, and I'll say this, for example, A.J. Casavell had a, a tweet today that said don't be surprised if the Padres do some dynamic things with their rotation. He specifically said they could have a rotation which is Paddock, Lamette, Richards, something interesting, something interesting. So if that means two piggyback spots and that means Gore and Patino are the front-end piggyback guys, okay, then that was one of the scenarios we discussed that would be super positive. But to your point, if they're going a different direction, then it's going to be – okay, we don't need to start Mackenzie Gore's big league clock for those 15 innings. We'll trade for Tim Hill. Tim Hill will get those 15 innings. We'll let Gore continue to work. And maybe we bring him up in 2021 as a full-time starter.
0: Yeah. Which anytime you're playing those like, Oh, we don't want to start this guy's clock yet games. It's, you're not going to, you're not going to make any of the fans happy. Like literally none of the fans are going to be happy about that. Um, so yeah, this this sounds a little bit like that. I saw a thing and I forget who got the interview but Jace Tingler was saying he was he was intending on managing every game like it was a playoff game. Um as far as like how to utilize his pitching staff, um I will say like as a first-time manager not having to worry about like double switches and stuff like that makes his job 10 times easier. Like managing an AL game is 10 times easier than managing an NL game. All all he really has to worry about is the lineups and the pitching staff. Um, But yeah, he was talking about having like a quick hook with some guys and leaving other guys in longer than you would expect. And all sorts of like weird stuff um, that I don't expect to see at all. I think they'll just, especially with a first year manager, He'll fall right back into, you know, what do you want to do tonight, Paddock? You want to throw 100? All right, I'll leave you in for 100. Um, We'll see. We'll see if he's the type of guy who stands up and goes like, I believe this one thing, or if he just wants the players to kind of like him because he wants to keep his job as a manager for a while.
2: Okay, a couple other quick things I had uh, on my list, and and I'll see if there's anything other things on your list. Uh, In our last podcast, when we went position group by position group, I said the Padres should sign Yasiel Puig. You said, yes, I agree. Then a week later, the Braves signed Yasiel Puig. But I'm here to tell you, John, the Padres could once again sign Yasiel Puig. Because Yasiel Puig is COVID positive. Yasiel Puig is now, his contract with the Braves was voided, just like that. He's back to being a free agent. So... A
0: Seriously?
2: Yeah, no, seriously. So Puig, A, has COVID, so God only knows if he'll even be available at any point this year. Maybe licking all those bats was a bad idea. Um, But, I mean, baseball bats. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's back out there again. Puiggy, available.
0: Yeah, I... I don't know that I want them signing any player that is COVID positive. Uh, so we'll, we'll discuss that one uh, on a future podcast when Yasiel Pui comes back and says he's feeling
2: 100%. Okay, fair enough. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, now you, I, you mentioned you haven't watched any of these inter-squad games. No one is saying that you have to. Uh, I, I did catch a couple innings yesterday up the mountain uh, and the Wi Fi up the mountain was not that great and it was a little blurry. And I, I did drop it after a couple innings. I watched McKenzie Gore pitch, uh, and I watched Olivera hit a homer. Uh, and let's see, what else did I see? A couple of fan fought off a double. Uh, you know, a couple of decent things happened, I guess, uh, while I was watching. But, um, one thing that was very noticeable was the crowd noise because. They're not just – I thought this was interesting, John. They're not just doing it for the broadcast, but in the stadiums as well, with the help of basically MLB video games, they are piping in crowd noise into the arena themselves, not just on the broadcast, but into the stadiums themselves to try and give the, the players you know, some slight kind of residual sense of normality – to what they're doing do do you have a take on this
0: i think it's dumb like it's <laughs> as as if as if like 80 percent of the time these guys are playing baseball they're not playing in an empty stadium anyway like every single day they go out and they play baseball in an empty empty stadium it's just some days they then come back and play again in a full stadium later um i think it's dumb um but you know, it's it's probably comforting to viewers. It's probably comforting to some baseball players. Um I I am greatly interested by the ins and outs of like, is there someone sitting there with like several buttons and one says like angry crowd? Yeah. And the other's the other's like small happy. And the other's like big happy. And then like, what like I, I'm I'm looking forward to when they press the wrong button, like a guy from the other team hits a home run and they accidentally hit big happy and everyone's like, oh, what's going on? Um, I'm then, also
2: And then it just goes between second base and third base, just switches to booze.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I really want to know. Like, I know that they're like, hey, no spitting, no ass slaps, no high fives, no all that. I get that. There's no way. There's not a chance we end up going the entire season with 60 games. You might be good at math. 60 games with 30 teams. How many games were we playing?
2: 18, 900 games.
0: Okay, with 900 games being played, seems high. um, The there's no chance that there's not going to be a confrontation between a manager and an ump. Right? They're going to be yelling at each other. They're going to be three inches from each other's face, literally yelling spit particles into each other's mouth which is like <laughs> the least safe thing ever and i want to know at that moment is there a booklet that says what button the crowd noise guy is supposed to hit ah! because is, is he supposed to cheer does he wait for the ump to throw the manager out and then he hits the boo button like is there a is there a you know get off your knees you're blowing this game blue button that he can hit that like the someone from like the fake crowd yells it out to mock the ump like I want to know what the buttons are and if there's like a a system in place of like, when this happens, hit this button, or if they're just trusting someone who's undoubtedly going to get it wrong at some point during the season. And then you're going to see the video all over Twitter of like, Oh, here's a Yankee player. He hits a home run at Yankee stadium and they're booing him for some reason. Um, I'm looking forward to that part of it. Uh, And I think that, like, just knowing how impossible it's going to be to get it perfect and how big the mockery is going to be when they don't get it right is, I think, why I think it's stupid and why I'd rather it just be quiet. But I also just like quiet sports. I like hearing, you know, the the dribble of the basketball. I like hearing the crack of the bat. I like I like going to spring training games where you can, you know, sit on third baseline and, like, literally hear everyone on the diamond what they're saying to one another.
2: So, okay, I'm going to... Slightly other, slightly different take to it. Um, I think I philosophically tend to agree with you. Like objectively, I tend to agree with you that it's kind of stupid. And I definitely agree with you from a funny standpoint. You know, are the, is there going to be one team that's got like the intern that's just on it? And so he's got, like, an instant replay board with 50 different variations. And he's got it down to the point that when the ball bounces out of the upper deck on a foul ball and falls to the lower deck, that they've got that, like, yay, sound, like when the guy drops it, you know, in the front row. Like, I mean,
0: Why not? Wh- here's – they should let – Bobby Cressy run the buttons and just give him every button on his keyboard is a different reaction and let him just play some jazz, man. Well, like when he's watching the game, he's feeling the game and he's just, and every, every, it's every team has some sort of like keyboardist organist, right? Just teach them and be like, here, this but these buttons, these keys are happy. Um, don't touch the black keys. They're nothing but bad news and just let them go. So
2: I I agree with you completely on those two points. As a television spectator, I think I think putting the crowd noise in is going to be a good thing. And the reason for that is that baseball intrinsically, don't at me, it's an objectively dull sport. It's the sport where the least happens. It's the sport where there's the most time that nothing happens. And if you have the combination of no crowd noise, the 14th foul ball in a row, and some boring ass, now that's not Don and Mud, but like some boring ass play by play guy on fouled off again. Like I could totally see that being where their ratings take a big hit compared to what they're expecting because people are like, God, this is just so slow. Let me get out of here.
0: Do you recall? four and a half months ago in the days before coronavirus destroyed our country. Um, do you, I think it was ESPN was doing the thing where certain players were mic'd up during the game. Yeah. Remember this? And they yeah. would like talk to the commentators from like the, the hitter circle or even like while they were at bat, like yeah. this seems like the perfect opportunity to do that. Throw a mic on every single player at any time. I've been watching a lot of NASCAR lately. Um, you know, Bubba Watson, and then I just remember that I really like NASCAR, and like every single time that there's like not like intense action, they just like click on someone's car and they're like, "Hey, guy, what's going on? How's your race going? What's your car feel like?" And like the guy has to be ready to talk in front of a national audience, like. There's no reason we can't do that with baseball players. That's how you make it fun. Like when they show Austin Hedges screwing around in the dugout, I want them to just be able to turn on his, his mic and be like, Hey Austin, what you doing? Who you screwing around with? What, what was your day like? And like, that's, that's how you could make it entertaining. You don't need to pump in fake crowd noise. Like everyone says what baseball is missing is personalities, right? Like no one has any idea if Mike Trout has any personality whatsoever. Let him show it off. Like, I know some of these players, like, their English is not that great, but, right. you know, give give some of the players to the, the Spanish broadcast and some of the players to the English broadcast and go. There's there's a kernel
2: of, there's definitely something entertaining in that. I, I know if I was Don Orsillo, I would hate to be in that position of, like, you know, camera three caught Hedges having fun, and now you're that annoying guy who walks into every conversation Hey guys, I heard you're doing something funny. Why didn't you share it with me?
0: I always think about I this is a, a semi-related, but I, for some reason there's there's certain like family guy jokes that just stick with you and you can't get away from them. And one of my favorites uh is like when they're they're telling jokes about people and then that person shows up. Yeah. And so like they have the one example where like uh Brian's like Brian goes to like tell a joke about like women to like a group of men and like a woman walks up and she's like oh hey what you doing and Brian's like nothing and someone's like oh Brian's about to tell this joke and she's like oh I like jokes let's hear the joke and it's like that would be Orsillo showing up he's like oh Hedges I, I see you got the guys laughing what's that joke tell me I, like I joke. yeah
2: I like funny things <laughs> you see all these guys just breaking their batting helmets <laughs> sorry I, I took a ball peen hammer to my helmet and now i can't hear you anymore i apologize deeply for, uh, for the technical difficulties that i have in, in, in smashing my mic with a hammer
0: <laughs> so i do think uh, like it's i i would be i i would be much much more into and maybe they can play around with this like you know but i, I would be much more into like the let's actually talk to the players during down times of the game rather than like the guy with all the buttons trying to be ready for like oh is that a is that a double i'll hit the the medium happy button
2: (laughs) the medium happy button just might be the name of this week's podcast (laughs) i think it should be (laughs) make the padres great again and john in seven days we may just get our chance
0: I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The,
2: the name your price, price tool. Only from Progressive. Yeah.
0: The owl a afoul of the comatose Coxwain.
2: Progressive Casualty Insurance f- Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Is that Shakespeare? Nope.
2: It's Geico.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries.